Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast with Mike Tagliere and I'm Bobby Sylvester. We're on Twitter at Mike Tagliere NFL and at Bobby Fantasy Pro. And today we're going to be talking week one, starter sit, just as we're going to do every Wednesday of this season. Hey Tags, how was your golf game yesterday, man? It wasn't bad. Um, Pat Fitzmaurice and I went out and played, and uh, he uh, brought me to a course that was like the hardest course I've ever played. It was like the <laughs> elevations were up and down. Like, I could do not. You know, like how your iPhone tracks your steps and all that? So I got done, and I looked at my phone, and it said I had – we had a cart, mind you, so it didn't count the cart. But walking to my ball sometimes, I climbed 19 flights of stairs, it said, after a round of golf. Wow. Yeah. Up and down, man. So basically, you can beat me in the world record now because you're in super shape. Oh, yeah, obviously. Like, one day of golf is going to turn me into a super athlete. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I went golfing yesterday, too, man, and I'm proud to report I did not three-putt once, which is a big accomplishment for me. I cannot say the same. I, I three-putt, <laughs> I think it was three times yesterday, and it was that's that's what that hurts my game, man. My putting is not very good. Yeah, we should just combine and make one person, and you can be the guy that, like, hits the ball straight and far, Yeah, and I'll do, like, the really easy stuff. Yeah, dude, next, next Fantasy Pros trip, let's do it. I mean, I drove the ball yesterday. I think Pat can back me up on this. I hit a 308-yard drive, so... <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> we're, we're ready to go, man. Let's do it. Yeah, if you guys ha- haven't seen Tags, Tags is an absolute beast. He's a powerhouse. So, um, okay. <laughs> we're going to be talking uh, start, sit, and our rankings for the majority of the show. And there's some news to discuss, obviously, Le'Veon Bell. But first, I want to remind you all that we've got a new giveaway going on for our listeners right now. One lucky listener is going to get a signed Todd Gurley throwback Rams jersey from pristineauction.com. All you have to do to enter, go to fantasypros.com slash contest. It takes about 30 seconds to uh, submit your entry. Basically, it comes down to leaving us a rating and review on iTunes and sending it to us so that we know that you did it. And those reviews, they really help us out. We want to know the feedback that you guys can give the show so we can keep making the show better and better. And also, it just gives us more exposure. So thank you for those who have already left those. And if you haven't checked out Pristine Auction, check out what they have for you. They've got something for everybody because they have hundreds of lots that end every day. Everything is guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources and a lot of things are really affordable too you're going to be shocked at some of the values you can find if you pay close enough attention i saw a signed earl campbell oilers jersey go for just 55 bucks yesterday a signed demarius thomas broncos helmet that was beautiful by the way for 86 bucks tags there's a trey burton jersey up for bid right now that's signed you should go check that one out man <sighs> don't start my wife will kill you if, you, if she hears you <laughs> telling me that because it's like i'm collecting helmets and like i have pictures on the wall i got a new julio jones picture the other day and um like she's just like she's like your your, your man cave is filling out just fine don't don't add anything <laughs> else to it <laughs> so if you guys want to check it out it's pristine auction that's p-r-i-s-t-i-n-e and when you buy something from them make sure to let them know fantasy pro sent you that way we can keep doing these giveaways for y'all Tags, let's talk news. Obviously, we have to start with Le'Veon Bell, who, again, we're recording this Wednesday morning. He was not at the team meeting Wednesday morning. When is he going to show up? Man, I don't know. This is getting frustrating because, like, I was in an auction, an industry auction on Monday night, and I got Le'Veon Bell for, as the ninth most expensive running back, and I felt like I got a steal. What? The ninth most expensive? Yeah, I got him for cheaper than um, Kareem Hunt. Oh, so stupid. So I'm getting a little worried, but here's the thing. James Conner went second player in the auction, so I didn't have a chance to handcuff him. So I'm, like, feeling really, like vulnerable right now you're fine he's gonna miss one week and that's it what's gonna happen is he's gonna show up on saturday and be like okay i'm on the team now give me the money he still gets paid but he misses one game you know he doesn't get 20 or 25 touches he's not gonna be ready they're not gonna play him at all maybe he'll get you know two or three to work him in but this is james connor's game and james connor's gonna get one game he's worth owning but he's like a 12 dollar fab pickup it's probably too late for that anyway someone already scooped him up yeah, that's basically, I had a lot of questions on that in my timeline asking about him. And I said, if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner, I think he's worth like 20 to 25%. Yeah, good call. But if, you were, if you're not a Le'Veon owner, and let's say you own Mark Ingram and you're looking for someone to start that first week, I think James Conner's an awesome guy to pick up. But again, I, I, I'm with you, Bobby. I think Bell should, does show up. Because if he wasn't going to show up, I think he would have been more public about it. I, I, I don't know why he's waiting as long as he is. Uh, but apparently, in order to play on Sunday, he has to report to the team. I think I... I saw something by Saturday. I don't expect him to play a whole lot, even if he does show up this week. So you unfortunately have to drop him down a bit. But people forget that the Browns are not as easy of a defense to run against as you would think. Yeah, but Bell's also like a really good wide receiver. So if I knew he was going to get 8 to 10 touches, I would start Le'Veon Bell anyway. But I think we'll know when he comes back on Saturday. And I think it's going to happen on Saturday. They're going to tell us, you know, he's going to get three to five touches, and then I just won't play Bell, and I'm all over James Conner in DFS, 
He's a definite start in standard leagues, PPR leagues, whatever your league format is. If James Conner's the workhorse here, he is going to be a stud, even against this Cleveland run defense. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I I do think I, I'm not going to put him in RB1 territory like I would have Le'Veon Bell, but I will have James Conner as a strong RB2 play who's going to see plenty of volume. Um, and he looked really good this preseason. So, I mean, I think James Conner is like, essentially, this is like his audition to have the starting job next year because Le'Veon Bell is not going to be back next year. I've got James Conner right now RB15. Now, if we hear that Bell's out, I'll move Connor up to probably 11 or 12. If this was against a normal defense, which is weird to say that the Browns aren't a normal defense, but they're better than normal against the run. If it was against, say, like the uh, the Green Bay Packers or something like that, I would probably have James Connor number seven or six for running backs this week. I mean, he's really good. This is a great offense. Tex, let me ask you this question. Is there any chance that the Steelers just trade Le'Veon Bell? Um, I guess, but I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they would have franchise tagged him if they didn't really, really want him on the roster. And I, I think they know that he's a vital point of this roster because it, and by putting him on the field, what if that's the only way to get him to play though? What if he says, I'm just not playing for the Steelers trade me? I don't think that happens. Like it's, it's really tough. And I, it's really, it's really hard to do the hypothetical thing because it's like, you have to try and figure out what team would trade for him. Colts, 49ers, Texans, the Redskins, maybe. Yeah. I mean, but then they have Darius Geis, so it'd be like a one-year thing. You just have to pick up a massive salary for one year, so that's the part where, I mean, the 49ers obviously would make a whole lot of sense, but uh, I don't. I unfortunately don't think a trade's going to happen. I think he's going to report, and I think if the, if he's active, so let me just say this. If Le'Veon Bell is active in week one, like if he shows up on Saturday and the, and the Steelers don't make him inactive, I do think he ends up leading the team in touches. I don't think they'll say three to five. I, I think they're going to give James kind of the start, and I think they're going to make Le'Veon sit in the bench for a series or two just to, like, shame on you. You. <laughs> but they want to win, right? I mean, exactly. If they lose this game and miss the playoffs because Le'Veon Bell doesn't play enough, that that would feel really bad. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Okay, a couple minor news items. Ronald Jones is the number three back on the Bucks uh, depth chart. Blah. I mean, this is this is pretty. I would consider dropping him at this point. Mm. I'm still hanging on to him, but I'm at least thinking about it. I'm not there yet. I I am a little upset, but I mean, it kind of makes sense though because Jaquiz Rogers is the best pass catching running back on the roster he's better than Peyton Barber there too so with Charles Sims out for the year it kind of makes sense uh, that Jacquez Rogers would be more involved in a, a game against the Saints they're going to need a pass catching running back so I it, it kind of makes sense I still think that Ronald Jones gets you know six to ten touches uh in a game and he's got he's got that game breaking ability so I just want to I hope he moves up the depth chart really quick but if he winds up with six touches in week one and and Peyton Barber and Jaquiz Rogers do their jobs yeah I, I guess you could start talking about cutting them but here's the thing. I think this is what's going to happen with Ronald Jones. He's going to do this for two, three, four games. In one of these games, he's going to have a great series, two big runs in a row, and then suddenly the Bucks are going to say, oh, wait, he is our best running back. We have to start him. And so I don't know if I want to cut him because that's going to happen eventually. But is it week three or is it week eight? Yeah, it just depends on who you're looking to pick up off waivers and what the rest of your bench looks like, honestly. All right, Dante Moncrief is starting over D.D. Westbrook. I think this means you can cut D.D. Westbrook. I don't think he had much value anyway. I didn't really recommend picking him up, but, you know, there was some upside there. I think if Moncrief's starting, I don't want Moncrief. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of upside because he could get touchdowns, but I, I drop D.D. Westbrook. That's what I take from this. Yeah, I never owned D.D. Westbrook like in any redraft leagues, and I don't own Donnie, Dante Moncrief. I would much rather own other guys like Cortland Sutton is a guy I would rather own than, than Dante Moncrief. I would rather own Anthony Miller, who's still yeah. out there in 70% of leagues. James Washington. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on and on. Like I'm saying, a lot of these guys, a lot of the guys that I'm talking about are on waivers. So it's like, I would not want to own Dante Moncrief. If he doesn't score a touchdown, you're essentially. He's a touchdown or bus guy, and he was serviceable with one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Exactly. So what's he going to do with Blake Bortles? Nothing. Yeah, and Bortles looking bad, and you know, to know that he's in a, he, I, yes, he's starting in two wide receiver sets, but that's just because it's kind of like by default. D.D. Westbrook didn't do anything to impress last year. It's just a very volatile offense, and the only one that I would even consider is Keelan Cole. Yeah, yeah, Keelan Cole, he's a good pickup. Um, I actually like Chris Godwin more than Keelan Cole now. And I like Chris Godwin more than Geronimo Allison. So a lot of people have been asking me, just wanted to clarify that. Big fan of, Ke of Chris Godwin right now. And Keelan Cole. And Geronimo Allison. I hope that Chris Godwin breaks out this year because I don't like ranking Mike Evans as like a top 12 wide receiver. I just kind of have because he gets he gets targets by default. So if, if Chris Godwin actually like steps up and starts playing like the receiver that people thought he could be. Who does he remind you of? 
Uh, Pierre Garçon was the like a young Pierre Garçon was the guy that he reminded me of coming out of college. He's a little bit bigger, uh, and I think he's going to be more of like a red zone threat than Pierre Garçon ever was. But he can be that possession receiver, which means that Mike Evans, those target shares are going to go down. So it wouldn't shock me to see him play in two wide receiver sets over Deshaun Jackson. So the Saints told us that Mike Gillisley is in fact the number two. Would you play him as a flex in like twelve team leagues this week? <sighs> it, it's really tough because like there's a lot of injuries and like suspensions that people are worrying about early in the season and like let's say you have Marlon Mack let's say you have Mark Ingram like these guys you like some people are going to be desperate to find a flex option and if you can grab Mike Gillisley I don't think it's the worst option like if you're in a PPR league there's some wide receivers you could find in the waiver wire right now like Cole Beasley like Danny Amendola that you could just pick up and throw in there and they have a decent floor this week but as for someone like if you're looking for a running back it's hard to find that upside, right? Like, it could be, like, a week. I mean, I'd rather have Montgomery. I'd rather have Tariq Cohen. I'd rather have Tevin Coleman, Bilal Powell. So, he's not a start for me. Oh, correct. Well, those guys are owned in, like, most leagues. I'm just talking about, like, people that are, like, looking for, like, that last-ditch effort. Yeah, I think Gillisley is worth a play because they've said it all along, and I think that's the reason they've signed these running backs on and off and letting him go, picking him up, is because they don't want Alvin Kamara to have 15 carries a game. Yep, I agree with you, man. I don't think it's happening. I'm not playing Kamara in DFS. We'll talk about that on the DFS show. Uh, the other news is that Chad Williams is starting over Christian Kirk. Drop Christian Kirk. But I don't think Chad Williams is ownable either. No. I, I, it's funny. I was writing the primer, and I said I have no idea why they said that Christian Kirk was going to start because it doesn't make any sense in terms of the options they have over the middle of the field. J.J. Nelson was the one that actually made sense to start uh, on the perimeter along with Chad Williams and then have Larry Fitzgerald play out of the slot, which is what he's excelled in the last few years. Why would you move him out of that role? So, yeah, no, the, neither of those guys are, are somebody I would look to grab. I mean, Chad Williams was a, a third or a fourth round pick last year, so don't forget that. But Larry Fitzgerald is the guy who's going to get the targets. David Johnson's going to get targets. So it's like it's hard to love either of those guys. I think they both belong on waiver wires. But other news that just came in, Bobby, I'm going to mention this before we get into the start sit. Marlon Mack will not practice today. Jordan Wilkins is expected to get the start. Okay. Well, that's good to know. That's really good to know. I'm definitely starting uh, Jordan Wilkins. He's in my top uh, 25 running backs at this point for, for week one. Um, I don't know what's going to happen after that. I think Mac's eventually going to get the job. But if Wilkins does really well, this could be a, a split backfield. I think Wilkins could run away with this job. He absolutely can. And then like, and then Mac would turn into like what they wanted Naheem Hines to be. But Hines is like so far behind the eight ball right now. He just looked bad in preseason. He's not picking up the playbook. Mac would be what he was last season. Yeah. So Mac could turn into like the player he kind of was last year behind Frank Gore. And Jordan Wilkins is kind of like the you know 60, 65 percent running back there. And that would be obviously great and their offensive line has gotten better and they have Andrew Luck back there's a lot of positives right hey by the way this isn't NFL news but I want to tell y'all Tags and I are both going to be doing live streams every week this season Tags has a live stream Sunday mornings mine is going to be Thursday afternoons where I answer start sick questions talk rankings Tags where can they watch them and what exactly are you going to be talking about yeah, so it's going to be uh, youtube.com forward slash fantasy pros. And what I'm going to be doing is sitting down and taking your questions, answering as many as I possibly can. Uh, we are going to open this. We did it for premium subscribers last year, and it was a really big hit. Uh, but we're trying to grow the YouTube channel. If you guys haven't noticed, we've started doing a lot more graphic work. Like we hired a guy named Chris, and Chris is a... He's phenomenal at what he does, and uh, I look forward to the production during the live shows. So if you guys want to hang out with me Sunday mornings, we're going to be doing that, I believe it's at 11 Eastern time on Sunday mornings, where I'm going to be sitting down for an hour answering as many questions as I can. And don't worry, and if for whatever reason I don't get to your question, I promise you that I'm going to be looking at the most common ones, where it's like a lot of the times I'll talk about your players, even if I don't get to your exact question. So come hang out with us on Sunday mornings. It's a whole lot of fun. We'll talk some DFS. We'll talk some season long, all that fun stuff. Also, you know, we get so many questions on Twitter, and I don't say this to boast whatsoever. It's it's awesome that we have so much support, but like we can't answer them all. If you guys want, Tags and I both post our weekly rankings. Mine comes out on Thursday afternoons. That will answer every question that you have for Start Sit. I update it all the time. I update it probably 10 times a day and publish the rankings. Tags, when are you going to post yours? Yeah, so mine are going to be going up. Most of the time, it'll be Wednesday morning. I'll have those up uh, so that way that you guys can take a preview at the the rankings. But that doesn't really... I said this in my primer introduction last year. I said looking at rankings without any context to it is like sometimes it's like marrying someone without getting to know them. Like you just look at them and you're like, okay, I'm attracted, right? But the primer is what comes out on Thursday. And that's basically where I talk about every player from every game and, and tell you what their personality is. So you have looks and their personality and you can decide whether or not you want to marry them that particular week. Um, that's my analogy for the primers. <laughs> so hopefully you guys dig it. Uh, but the primer will be up every Thursday by noon Eastern time. 
uh, I mean, I'll have it up earlier if possible, but just know that it's a there's a lot that goes into that. Hopefully, you guys dig it. Yeah. Uh, one more thing I, I meant to mention earlier. If you haven't heard of my playbook, you're going to be really pumped when you uh, figure out what's going on here. You just go to the homepage and right under in season tools, you'll see a trophy, and right next to it, it says my playbook. Click on that. And you can upload your team. It takes like five seconds to do it. Super easy. And it gives you all the information you could ever need. Your head is going to explode. It is basically cheating. It is the greatest thing ever. And it's free. So if you haven't already, upload your team to my playbook. See what you're missing out on. Again, it's free. And uh, it's going to help you a ton. Yeah, for sure. And Bobby, real quick. and It's it's a verified Twitter account. I'm not going to say anything. But there, there's a Steeler kind of like a blog thing, but they're verified. So it's like a legit source. According to Twitter, they're saying with an unexpected turn for the worst, don't expect Le'Veon Bell to report to the Steelers until week 10. He will essentially cost himself 8 million plus to get to free agency with less wear on his body. I don't know if there's any truth to this. Um, obviously, like I said, it's, it's from a verified. Why week 10? What, what difference does that make? Because that, that way he doesn't lose his uh, free agency eligibility. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, there's like there's there's so many different things in, in like the in w- the ways contracts can be structured and the way that players have to report by a certain week in order to not lose that year. That's why Josh Gordon. Holy cow, man. People were like saying it was a big thing. He needed to report to the team or he'd lose that, you know, that free agency eligibility. I don't want to get into the, all that mumbo jumbo because I don't really know about all of it. But I do know that players. Y- you just made thousands of people panic who drafted Le'Veon Bell number two. I'm panicked. I have him in a few dynasty leagues. <sighs> Well, you all should have listened to me. I said, don't take him until four. Well, I mean, even if you took him at four, you're upset. I mean, like, if that's the case, I mean, he's droppable. I <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like, I am... S- I would still keep him. Oh, my God. I don't know what's going on I here. I think this is a lie, man. I think this is one of those controlled leaks where his agent said, hey, you guys can report on this. Here, Here's a scoop for you guys. We're not coming until week 10. And then the Steelers are like, oh, crap, we got to pay him. It's not real, man. He's got to play. I hope so. I really hope so. Um, You know, I bet the people in his locker room, I bet they're not mad at Bell. I bet they're rooting him on and saying, go get your money, man. You've deserved it. Eh, Ben Roethlisberger's not that guy. And I bet he doesn't want to let those people down. He's playing. Don't panic. If you can, go out and buy Le'Veon Bell when you hear this news. It's not going to happen. Well, with this news, what I would do, if you own James Conner and not Le'Veon Bell, go to the Bell owner and sell for like a massive massive price and like because because the thing is is as bobby and i've talked about if he shows up on saturday all of a sudden james connor is worth nothing to you so sell high all right let's talk rankings now tags i want to start with quarterback like uh what do you do with russell wilson is he startable against denver i know they were bad against the pass last year but that was last year and this year i think they're going to be phenomenal against the pass is russell wilson good enough that you start him no matter what it's really tough, man. Like week one is like, this is the hardest thing, right? Because if you drafted Russell Wilson, you most likely did not draft a backup quarterback. So you're almost forced to start him, right? I mean, unless Andy Dalton's out there, we've talked about it in the show. We talked about it in the waiver wire show. If Andy Dalton's out there, I would start Dalton over Ben Roethlisberger. I'd start him over Russell Wilson. I'd start him over Kirk Cousins. I am starting Andy Dalton over some big names. You'd start him over Russell Wilson? I would actually. Yeah. So like when you look at the Broncos uh, and what they bring is their pass rush, right? Their pass rush is ridiculous. They added Bradley Chubb in the first round this year. So Von Miller and Bradley Chubb coming after you on the edges. That's not good. Uh, On top of that, you have Doug Baldwin, who's got a tough matchup with Chris Harris Jr. in the slot. He's the best slot cornerback in the game. So even if Doug Baldwin is healthy, he has a really tough matchup in his hands. I don't necessarily believe in Tyler Lockett as a player. Bradley Roby has been good as a cornerback. Like the matchups just don't add up for Russell Wilson. I think the only way that he finishes as a QB one this week is if he does it with his legs, which is possible. And that's why I've kept Russell Wilson as my number eight ranked quarterback, but I don't feel great starting him. Like if I wouldn't start, let me be clear. I don't, I wouldn't start someone like Marcus Mariota or Dak Prescott or those guys over him, but Andy Dalton, I would. I disagree here. And the reason I brought up Russell Wilson is because most people have been asking me who have him like, Hey, do I actually play this guy or do I just pick up Dalton? I'm going to tell you, I've got Russell Wilson still as my number five fantasy quarterback this week. It didn't look good against Arizona last year, 19 points. Didn't look good against Atlanta last year, 32 points. It didn't look good against Philly, 25. Jacksonville, 25. It didn't look good against Arizona again, 21 points. Russell Wilson's just one of the best in the game. He gets it done no matter who he plays against. I know it's not a good matchup. I'm playing him anyway. Well, and so you know, Russell Wilson has struggled. Uh, if you look over, if you go over, like, I think it's the last, like, three or four years now, so it's not like a, a one-year sample or anything like that, but he has traditionally struggled over the first couple weeks of the season. Against Green Bay last year, he only put up eight fantasy points. 
Yeah, no, like I said, like he he just hasn't been great at the start of the season, and with all the changes in the offense and losing Jimmy Graham, Luke Wilson, Paul Richardson. It's just there's a lot of question marks here. And again, this game is in Denver. Uh, so the game in the the over under on it's just 42. It's one of the lowest totals of the week. Denver's favored by three. So when you look at it, it's like the Seahawks are projected to score less than 20 points, which is obviously not great. Uh, so again, I think Russell Wilson, the only way he lives up to that top eight, even top eight ranking that I have for him is if he does it with his legs. And I ex- I kind of expect him to. I'm going over on that game, by the way. That's fair. I mean, it's fair. I, I think Denver can score some points in Seattle. Seattle's secondary. I don't think people realize like what's happened to that secondary. And like KJ Wright, one of their better linebackers, is uh, he's out. He had to have a, his knee worked on a procedure, so he's out a couple weeks. Um, the defensive line. I mean, they lost Michael Bennett. They lost uh, Sheldon Richardson. There's just a whole lot going on in Seattle that people don't really see. And like when you look at Seattle on paper, you're just like, oh, it's Seattle. They're gonna be good because they always are. But they've lost so many players on defense. Like I think it's like six or seven starters now. So this is how these episodes are going to work. Like, obviously, we're not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. They're must-starts. They almost always are, unless they play like Jacksonville. Even then, I'd start Aaron Rodgers for sure. But um, guys like Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, they have great matchups. We don't need to talk about them. But what about Big Ben going up against Cleveland? He's going on the road. He's been bad on the road. Someone like Andrew Luck, we don't know anything about. Do you have them as top 12 quarterbacks, Tags? I have Roethlisberger there at nine, uh, and part of that has to do with Le'Veon Bell not being with the team right now. So if he's not part of the like the big game plan, I, I do think that he's going to throw a little bit more than they typically would on the road. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's splits on the road have been pretty bad uh, over the last five years, but again... It, the cornerback situation in Cleveland, I just don't think they have anybody to hang with Juju Smith-Schuster or Antonio Brown. Like You're going to have Denzel Ward out there, a rookie, in his first game covering Antonio Brown. Good luck. So I, I do like Ben as a top 10 guy. In regards to Andrew Luck, I was just actually pulling him up because he's someone that I'd rather not play. Uh, there's just so there's so many questions about him that it's just like, think of it this way. If Luck plays well, you have your season-long quarterback set. You're good, you know? But if he doesn't, you're going to be kicking yourself like, why did I play a guy that hasn't played in like two years? Vontae's perfect is out for the Bengals. So that's an upgrade for sure because the Bengals played much better when he was in the lineup last year. But their cornerback situation I don't know man there's just no wide receivers that I feel comfortable like taking advantage of the matchups that they can in the secondary of the Bengals so I don't know I think Jack Doyle would be his safety blanket if Jordan Wilkins can catch some passes like there's some opportunity here because I think that they're going they're going to fall behind and he might throw more than they would necessarily they would like to but I just I don't feel great about it and I just I think in week one you don't need to take chances like that I agree, man. I don't want to play Andrew Luck. I'm picking up Dak Prescott or Andy Dalton. I've actually got Dalton ahead of Prescott in my rankings this week now. I was saying Prescott for a while, but Dalton against Indianapolis in the Dome, it's just too good to pass up. So I've got Dalton as my number seven quarterback, Prescott at eight. I've got Big Ben at 10. So yeah, I'm probably playing him unless Dalton's out there. I didn't draft any Big Ben, so I don't have to worry about it. But um, and, and then Andrew Luck, I have him at 12, but again... I just don't want to deal with that. And usually there would be guys I would move up ahead of them, but like the ones that I moved up this week that I like quite a bit, Tyrod Taylor, uh, I've got him QB 15. I can't put him higher than that. Mitch Trubisky against Green Bay, I just can't put him in the top 12 quite yet. We just don't know enough. So besides that, I mean, there's no one else that I really love. Like I'm not playing uh, Kirk Cousins face San Francisco. They've got a bad offensive line, pass protection. San Francisco has a good pass rush, so I, I think this could actually be an ugly game for Kirk Cousins. I'd rather play Luck than him, so I don't know. There's not too many great options this week at quarterback. Yeah, there's like there's like a whole middle section that it's just like I don't feel great about many of them. Uh, Tyrod Taylor I actually have at number 12 because I just think that like the Steelers, they started out really good last year, but as the year went on, they, they definitely got worse. And now they have some moving pieces. Like they're, they have a whole new safety duo back there. So that should change things. Uh, their linebackers are, there's still some question marks in their linebackers with Ryan Chazier gone out, obviously. Uh, but Tyrod Taylor, he's just, when he's on the field and now that he's got better weapons than he ever has in his career, potentially a better offensive line than he's ever had. I have no issue using him as a high end QB two, like that. He's going to give you a solid floor. I mean, he may not win you your fantasy week, but he's not going to lose it either. Uh, I don't think Pittsburgh's that good of a team in regards to Dak. I'm still surprised to hear you as high as you are on him because I don't think this is like a great, I mean, they added Don Terry Poe to the defensive front seven of the Panthers and, uh, he's an upgrade over what they had last year. They still have Kwan Shore. Julius Peppers is still playing decent. 
The secondary is a question. Sure. I, I agree with you. It's more than a question. It is. It's a liability. It is. They have a young secondary. But the question is, does Dak have the wide receivers to throw to? I mean, I think Alan Hearns is a fine play this week just because like of the question marks they have. But I don't know, man. There were three quarterbacks who rushed for at least 40 yards against the Panthers last year, but they did not allow a single rushing touchdown to a quarterback. I'm not super worried about the rushing touchdowns, man. I think he was it was a top 10 quarterback last year. He was top 10 the year before. This is a good matchup. I don't want to overthink it. I think he's going to get it done. It's, I mean, I guess we'll find out. I mean, Dak, for me, I have him at 15, so I'm not like super low on him, but I'm also not super high. Um, I would play him over Andrew Luck for what it's worth because I have Luck at 16 right now, and I don't know. That's why I have him middle of the road because I just I don't know how to feel about Andrew Luck. And if anybody tells you you know they know how you should feel, they're lying to you and they're just they're picking a side. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest with you and tell you I can't pick a side here. Uh, two other guys I'd be comfortable starting: Philip Rivers face Kansas City. It's a really good matchup. I'm actually I need to move him up right now. I had him at 11. That is way too low against Kansas City. So, uh, and Rivers is just consistent. He's as consistent as they come. And then Marcus Mariota. I think I'd start him over Tyrod Taylor, but it's close. Maybe Andrew Luck. Against Miami, I think Marcus Mariota is going to be just fine. All right, so I'm going to be clear about this with Phillip Rivers. Uh, you know, if, if this was a Kansas City team that it's been, I would be benching Rivers 100% of the time. And I, I talked about this last year, too. Here's the issue. Against the Chiefs, literally, you'd have to go back to 2013. 2013, and keep in mind, these guys play each other twice a year in the same division. You have to go back to 2013 to find the last time that he scored more than 14.8 fantasy points against the Chiefs. He has been terrible. Ever since Andy Reid basically went there, they've shut down Phillip Rivers in the passing game. Now, the, the the silver lining here is that losing Marcus Peters, Derek Johnson, Tom Bahali, Benny Logan, Terrence Mitchell, all these all these subtractions are going to add up. They didn't really I mean they added Anthony Hitchens from Dallas, but it's not that's not going to change much. Like they don't have much talent on their team right now on the defensive side of the ball. This game is in L.A., so I mean, I don't know if we consider that a home game or not for the Chargers because nobody ever shows up, but I want to like Rivers more than I do. I have him at 14 right now. I want to put him higher. It's just this history. I don't know if Andy Reid just understands what how to play him, but it's ugly. I mean, even last year against this exact, like, well, not this exact team, but the Chiefs were not great last year. Phillip Rivers against them. 237 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. The next time they played them, 227 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. That's not great. Yeah, yeah, you're right, man. That's really bad, actually. <laughs> you're making me rethink moving him up, but I'm not moving him out of my top 12. I just can't do it against this Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense is nowhere near what it was, as you've mentioned. So, But they sh- they can also run the ball on them, though. That's why I love Melvin Gordon this week. Like, DFS, yeah, we'll talk about it during that show, but seriously. Any other quarterbacks you want to talk about before we move on? Um, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess we should probably mention him and that you shouldn't play him. Oh, that he's a uh, don't start him. <laughs> well, that's that's why I wanted to mention him. Just like him and Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Mahomes are on my uh, they're actually outside my top 20 right now. I might move them right around that range like they might move a spot or two. But against the Vikings in Minnesota. No, thank you. Like, seriously, don't play Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd rather play Case Keenum. The Vikings gave up 183 fantasy points to quarterbacks last year. Just to put that in perspective, that's what Joe Flacco did last year in fantasy. They turned an average quarterback into Joe Flacco, and that's what Jimmy G is. He's like a 15th fantasy quarterback. Yeah, like I have him at 21 right now, and I, like I said, you don't play you don't play uh, starting quarterbacks in Minnesota. And then Mahomes obviously going to L.A. It's his first real NFL start because I'm not going to count week 17 last year. Over under six interceptions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Mahomes, he, I mean, there's some upside there. I mean, he, I, I believe that you can actually consider him like, like an odd way for a tournament just because it's like, but I still, in, in season long, you do not need to take that chance. All right, we'll move over and talk about running backs here in just a second. But first I want to talk about NFL Game Pass. Only with NFL Game Pass can you replay every game all season. It's NFL football anytime on your time. There's so many great games going on this weekend, Tags. I mean, what, what's your favorite one? I know you're really excited about the Bears one because it's your team, but like, is there another one that you're really looking forward to watching? I'm, I'm, dude, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna be watching Thursday night. Like, that's like, I'm just excited for the NFL season to kick off. Like, my dude is Julio Jones. Like, I'll be watching Julio, obviously. Um, but I mean, I'm excited. It's just the first week of the season. Like, I don't care what game is on. I don't care if it's the two worst teams in the NFL. I will be watching it. Uh, this is the stuff we consume and the stuff that we love to consume. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't really pick between the ones I'm most excited about. I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be the Patriots 
against the Texans just because I think that the Patriots, their defense isn't good. I think they're really going to uh, to put a pounding on Deshaun Watson, though, because their offensive line is just so bad, and he throws a lot of turnovers. I think this could be an ugly game, and I can't wait to be right about that one. Same thing with Geronimo Allison. Like, I can't wait to watch them Sunday night against the Bears because Geronimo Allison is going to have a big week, and everyone's going to say, oh, Bobby and Tags were right. That's what makes it most fun to me, man. Yeah, no, for sure. It's gonna be. A, I do. It's gonna be a good season. That's all I know. And with uh, with NFL Game Pass, you can replay all of them from every angle. They've got the broadcast version that's commercial free. Then there's this coaches film they use that shows the all twenty two angle the pros and coaches use. And then there's condensed games that you can watch a game in about forty five minutes. Remember, with NFL Game Pass, it's game time anytime. And best of all, you can kick off the twenty eighteen NFL season with a seven day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Sign up now at nfl.com slash fantasy pros. Game on. All right, man, let's move on over to running backs. Uh, who do you want to talk about first? Oh, who do I want to talk about? I mean, we hit on James Conner. That's obviously a big one that we wanted to talk about. But another player, like a player that I don't, I mean, I think most people are starting him, so I don't know if I need to mention it, but Alex Collins needs to be in your lineup. Like if you if you felt dirty drafting him because you didn't know how Baltimore was going to handle their backfield, like play him. Uh, the, uh, the Bills allowed 18 rushing touchdowns last year to running backs, including 14 of them in the final nine games. This game is at home. Uh, the offensive line is healthy. Marshall Yonda is back. Uh, the, Joe Flacco, as much as well as he played through the preseason, and as much as they say he's invigorated, they know it. They just need to win. They need to win for their home crowd. And I think Alex Collins is like an RB one play this week. The RB one this week? I think he's an RB one this week. Ooh man, I've got him number eighteen. I need to rethink that one. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like the Buffalo t- team is just so bad. They're not. They're not good. I've got uh, two guys I've been getting a lot of questions about, Jamal Williams and Royce Freeman. I think they're absolute must-starts. I've got them both in my top 15 running backs this week. I mean, Jamal Williams without Aaron Jones in there is a workhorse. Oh, yeah. Well, to know that he's going to be a workhorse alongside Aaron Rodgers in that offense. And, and the thing is, is, people are worried about the Bears now with Roquan Smith and, and, and Mack there. But the thing... I am, too. I mean, if it wasn't Chicago, I'd have Jamal Williams as a top eight back. Well, here's the matter. Here's the fact of the matter. Khalil Mack might not be an every down player in week one. Roquan Smith was late showing up to training camp. He didn't get to play in the preseason. So these guys might not be every down players. The, granted, the, the Bears defense was really good last year without them in terms of like their run defense. Again, when Aaron Rodgers is there, it changes the way that a defense looks at an offense. So Jamal Williams, I do, I'm with you on this one. I think that he's like a low end RB two play. I think you have to have him in your lineup, like low end RB two at minimum. Like that's where I'm at with him. I think he has to be played in your fantasy lineup. So we talked about Le'Veon Bell. Um, what about Kenyon Drake? We're hearing that Frank Gore is going to split touches with him. Is this something you're worried about, especially against Tennessee's run defense? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, I mean, like he's a fringe RB2 flex play for me. I still got to start him because I think he's going to get the touches, but I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it either. I think people forget how, just how good the Tennessee defense is. And again, they're the ones who took Benny Logan and put him on their defensive line. So, um, they just added a major presence up the middle of the field. They were already good. Like the, the Titans have been a top five run stopping defense in each of the last two years against fantasy running backs. Nobody ever wants to give them credit, but they are so good. I mean, I guess you could say their linebackers are the weak point of their team. Like they're trying to, they have, I mean, they've used a lot of equity in in terms of linebackers. So it's possible that the potential finally comes through, but you look at the cornerbacks of Adoree Jackson, uh, Malcolm Butler, uh, Kevin Byard is the safety there. Like they added Kenny Vaccaro and they kind of have to play him. So it's like looking at the strengths of this team and like, they're going to have to get it done through the pass. Jarrell Casey, man, he's one of the best in the game. That's the thing. Drell Casey is like he I didn't feel a need to mention him, but yes, obviously he's one of the best in the game. And that's part of the reason that their run defense is so stacked. But yeah, I think they're going to need to use Drake in the passing game. And I don't think Frank Gore is known as like one of the best receiving backs. Kenyon Drake showed the ability to do it last year. So I think Drake is going to get it done in the passing game. Just don't expect much from him on the ground. I'd usually rather start Drake than Carlos Hyde and Derrick Henry. But this week, uh, if I had to choose, I would pick Henry or Hyde over Drake. Um, that's kind of nitpicking because they're all really close. Devontae Freeman isn't a must start. I've got him RB 21 against the Eagles defense. I mean, they're really good at stopping the run and Freeman isn't going to get all that many carries. I mean, I'd rather start someone like uh, Marshawn Lynch, James Conner, Alex Collins, Royce Freeman. What about you? Where do you have Freeman? Yeah, I have Freeman. I mean, I feel like you have to play him. I have as my RB 18. 
Okay. I mean, I'm probably playing them. I probably don't have a, a second better option than that, but it's it's worth mentioning, I think. No, it really is, and that's what I, I mentioned. Um, I think I mentioned, I don't know if it was last show or maybe last week. I can't even remember anymore. But Freeman totaled just, uh, he totaled more than 12 carries just two times after week four. And one of those games came when Tevin Coleman was out of the lineup. So it's basically saying this is a full-blown timeshare, and that Tevin Coleman, it might be like a 55-45 split. I think at best you're looking 60-40. And then going against the Eagles is not an easy task. I mean, if you go back and look at the game that uh, they played against them last year in the playoffs, Freeman was terrible in that game. Like, he was not good at all. And, like, if you look at Freeman's total, uh, his last two season openers netted just 57 yards on 23 carries. He's the type of guy right now that I just feel like he needs to score a touchdown in order to live up to his cost. And the thing is, he has over his the course of his career, he hasn't been that great on the road. I think he's like a dome player. I think he his footing works better in the dome, and that's why I think you see that. So Devonta Freeman is just an RB2 and one that doesn't have like a high floor or anything either. Yep, I agree with that. What about Jay Ajayi? What do we do with him, man? <sighs> Throw him in the garbage. Don't draft him <laughs> like we told you to. Um, like, seriously, this is why I don't want Jay Ajayi on my team. How much For- is he going to play? He's coming off the injury. I don't know, man. Like, Didn't get much work in the preseason. Well, if you recall Ryan Matthews, remember when he was in the, on Doug Peterson's team in 2016? If Ryan Matthews was, like, dinged up in practice and didn't practice much, like, legitimately, Doug Peterson would give him, like, five carries. Oh, man. I don't know what to do now. And Ryan Matthews, I'm sorry, was a better running back than Jay Ajayi. And yeah, at me on that one. Like, seriously, Ryan Matthews was a better talent than Jay Ajayi. Take away the fumbles. Well, obviously. I'm not talking <laughs> about fumbles. I'm talking about... Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I agree. Three down back. Like, Ryan Matthews was actually good. He just... He couldn't stay healthy. There, there's a lot of things. So does that mean Corey Clement is someone you would actually consider playing as a flex? Mm, I don't want to. I mean, but here's the thing. Like, the, the crazy thing about this, Bobby, is that I was going through the, the, there were the, the running backs who played well against the Falcons last year. There were just three games where a running back scored more than 15 PPR points against them. And here's the list. Ty Montgomery... Tariq Cohen, Christian McCaffrey, and Jarek McKinnon. There's four running backs who did it, but every single one of them was a great pass catcher, which fits the mold of Darren Sproles or Corey Clement more than it does Jay Ajayi. So I'm not playing Jay Ajayi if I can help it, um, but if he's if he's on the field, it's probably going to be pretty rough for you to not play him if you drafted him. Uh, but I think it's this is a game where I would much rather just play DFS than, than trying to figure out what they're doing in the backfield. And I don't even know if this is going to be a true representation of how they're going to handle the backfield going forward. But this is a game that fits Darren Sproles and Corey Clement's skill set more than it does J.H.I. Speaking of DFS, man, did you see the the new Survivor thing that FanDuel has going on right now? Yes. So they've got, uh, for those of you listening, you guys are going to want to check this out because it is brilliant that they added this. Because everyone loves Survivor, right? But now it's mixed in with DFS. And you can play for free on FanDuel. You can play Survivor. So picks lock every Sunday at 1 p.m. It's just like Survivor outside of, you know, DFS. You lose the team that you pick. And if you pick a winner, you move on and you pick the following week and you pick the following week. So I went in there and I made my pick. I want a shot at the $250,000 for free, right? I picked Detroit. They're playing at home against the Jets, against the rookie Sam Darnold. I think this one's kind of a gimme. And it's one that a lot of people aren't going to pick. Like we talked to the team rankings guys yesterday about, you know, the strategy of all this and what you do. Who, who are you picking? Have you already set yours? I have not set it yet. I'm still working on the primer. I need to get it done so that it could go up first thing tomorrow. But that's uh, Thursday is the day I'll start looking at my picks for those. But uh, I do feel like the, the Ravens are going to be a good pick because I don't think I feel great about them most weeks. But as I mentioned, they're at home against a Bills team that is not as good as people th- like think just because they made the playoffs last year. Um and again, the Ravens aren't going to have much confidence. You know, you're not going to have much confidence starting them in the future. So I think the Ravens are the play. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Ravens are a really good play, too. So check out what FanDuel has going on. You know, they get all the contests going on. But the Survivor thing they just started is really cool as well. All right, let's talk about a couple more guys. Um, I, I like James White this week. And, uh, you know, Rex Burkhead is banged up. They don't know what's going on with him. Sony Michelle, I don't know if you heard, but Belichick came out and said, like, I like what Sony Michelle's been doing in practice and everything, but I'm not sure he's ready for the games. He said something along those lines. I think it's James White week. His Well, first off, if you own James White, you better be playing him this week. Like, he's an absolute must play. I don't care. If you own him and you're not playing him now, when are you ever expecting to play him? That is exactly what I said in my primer. I, I was I was like, if he's on your roster and you're not playing him this week, like, you're never going to play him. So just seriously, just trade him away or drop him. And I don't know if you can play Sony this week. It's I think it's like an Andrew Luck type of situation where – 
you know, you're probably going to get great stuff later on, but this week, just chill. I've lowered him down to like the Adrian Peterson area of the of my rankings, and obviously that'll change knowing like what his status is for the game. If he's not playing, that, that makes things... Wait, how far down do you have Peterson? Because I have Peterson in my top 25. Oh, wow. I have Peterson 34. Oh, okay. I mean, I think he's getting 20 touches against his old team, the Cardinals. So. Well, the Cardinals are still good against the run, though. That's the problem. Um, and I don't think it's a great matchup, but Sony Michelle... I'll take 20 touches any day against any team, man. But wait a second. So Sony Michelle, like, so when has Bill Belichick ever been honest with the media? Please tell me that. <laughs> That's like such a good point. So, I mean, if he says that Sony Michelle, we don't know if he's ready. He's probably playing quarterback is probably what it means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard on our podcast, but that was good. <laughs> um, that was really good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we got to pay attention to this. Obviously, we'll pay attention. It's uh, Fortunately, it's a noon game on Sunday, so we don't have to wonder if he's playing in the afternoon or anything like that. So um, definitely pay attention to that but James White absolute like I love that you brought him up because he was going to be on my list of players that people might be on the wondering about even if you like I'm saying if you have someone like like Tevin Coleman Chris Carson I would start James White over those guys this week James White yeah I've got James White over them even over uh Duke Johnson Blal Powell Tariq Cohen I, I think he's a good start like if you're playing in a 10 team league I don't think he's a must start but if you're playing in a 12 team with flex yeah you got to play him yeah, absolutely. What about like Chris Carson against Denver? That's why I said he's actually behind James White on my list for me. Again, the the strength of this uh, Broncos team definitely the, their their defensive front is pretty good. Uh, knowing that the Seahawks, there's still a lot of question marks. We don't know how they're going to handle Rashad Penny, who is going to play in this game. We've been hearing that Chris Carson is a starter, and that's fine. I'm approaching it as such. However, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Chris Carson's getting 15 carries. I'm not going to do that. When you add in CJ Procise, who's the best receiving back on their team, when you add in Rashad Penny, who they spent a first-round pick on, who is ready for this game. And by the way, when you go back and watch the preseason game where Chris Carson and Rashad Penny were both active, they kind of work together in the first-team offense. So it could be a real real timeshare situation, and it's not a good matchup against Denver. By the way, Denver was not good last year in terms of like their defense, what people have come to expect, especially the pass uh, coverage. But they still allowed just 3.4 yards per carry to running backs, which was one of the best marks in the league. So uh, with the bad offensive line there, Chris Carson is just like an RB3 for me and not one I'm particularly like excited about. Yeah, I've got Carson at RB34, so I'm totally, I don't disagree with you. Uh, a couple guys I would start, Duke Johnson, even in standard leagues, Ty Montgomery while uh, Aaron Jones is out. Um, some guys on the fringe here, Tevin Coleman, Tariq Cohen. Uh, Alfred Morris at Minnesota. I don't think he's a must-start or Matt Breida. Would you play those guys for in San Francisco? Oh hell no! Yeah. Uh, not in, they're in Minnesota, <laughs> and they're splitting. They're splitting duties. Like Breida's gonna be the technical starter. Morris is gonna get ten carries, maybe two receptions. Breida's gonna get five carries, four receptions. You don't play that against Minnesota. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Like I'm, I'm avoiding that if I can. Um, like Matt Breida is in the territory of someone like Carrion Johnson, where it's like they don't have a guaranteed workload. You hope they get it done in the passing game. But like, who would you start, Bobby? Would you start someone like Tariq Cohen or Matt Breida? Uh, I've got Tariq Cohen four spots higher. Yeah, I have him a couple spots higher, and it's like something I'm still working through. Because it's Green Bay. Like, if it wasn't Green Bay, it, they'd probably be about the same. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like trying to figure that out. But Minnesota is not a, it's not an area of of the NFL teams that you want to attack. Mm-hmm. Okay, a couple guys I'm not starting. Chris Thompson face Arizona. Um, I know Chris Thompson's going to be like the the pass catching back, but he's not back yet. He's going to play, but he's not back. Um, a, another guy, Marlon Mack. He's got the oh well, we just found out Jordan Wilkins is starting, so I actually need to move him down quite a bit more. And then finally, Rex Burkhead. He's banged up. If he plays, I don't think it's going to be a ton. I actually have Burkhead higher. I have him up at his number twenty one right now. You have him twenty one. I do. I um Oh, wow, man. Someone has to carry the ball for the Patriots and I don't and it's not to say that it's going to be a great role because Houston's front is really good and J- getting JJ Watt back is obviously massive, but I feel like Rex Burkhead and James White are going to combine to be like a slot receiver. So I think that amounts to like I would say 8 to 10 carries for Rex Burkhead and then I would say he's probably going to get 5 to 6 targets. And if you get that type of volume with the Patriots and knowing that Houston lacks uh like pass coverage, their pass coverage is terrible. So like that's, if they can't get to Brady, like 
he's going to be pressured, so they're going to get to Brady. But I, I mean, like, if they can't sack him, he's going to get the ball out quickly to someone like Rex Burkhead, to someone like James White. That's why I love both of these guys this, this week. Uh, Burkhead, it sounds like he's going to play through this knee thing. And again, if it was something that required surgery, they probably would have done it. I don't know if it lingers, and we might pay for that, but Rex Burkhead or someone like, like Kenyon Drake. Like, I feel like you're looking at two guys who are in a – they're both facing tough run defenses – but who plays in the higher scoring offense? Who's going to be used in the passing game? We know that Burkhead was last year, so I would play Burkhead over Kenyon Drake. Uh, it's close, though, and that's where, that's why I, I believe Burkhead is like a low-end RB2, high-end RB3. Okay. Okay, let's move on over to wide receiver. And, uh, you know, my top 25, it's it's mixed up a little bit. Like, I've got certain guys higher than I usually would and a few guys lower than I usually would. Like, Odell Beckham, obviously, isn't a top three guy against Jacksonville. With that said, the same 25 are all up there. And they're all, you know, people that you start in two wide receiver leagues, definitely in three wide receiver leagues. Now, this is where it gets funky. I've got Geronimo Allison number 28 this week, Tex. Ooh, why? Because Randall Cobb, who knows if he's even going to play. And I guess if, if Randall Cobb doesn't play, I'm going to move up. Um, I'm going to move Geronimo Allison up for sure. Um, however, Devontae Adams, I mean, the Bears don't have a corner. But they don't have an answer for him. So what's he going to get, 250 yards? Because Rodgers is throwing for 350. I'm going to say 237, and I'll give Geronimo Allison 13 of them. He, he's only, Rodgers is only throwing for 237. I'm, I'm kidding. It was a joke. Okay. <laughs> I was saying that Devontae Adams is only going to have 237 oh, yards. I thought you were saying Rodgers would only have 237. No. no I, like, I mean, dude, you are really taking this to a whole nother level. No. So my, my assumption here is that the Bears stick Kyle Fuller on Devontae Adams, and he's not as good as Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams will get his. Um, in terms of that, that, that would leave Geronimo Allison against Prince Mukamara. And I think he's an underrated cornerback. I think he's a very solid player. I don't think he's great, but I also don't think Geronimo Allison's like great or anything like that. So I'm not in love with Allison this week. I think he's startable if you're in a pinch. But I would, I actually this week, I might rather start like someone like John Ross. Oh, John Ross in Indianapolis, baby. Yeah, I've got him really high too. I've got him in my top 35. Yeah, I, I don't have either of them that high, but I think that they're both like those wide receiver four options that if you want to stick in your lineup, that that presents some upside. I have no issue with that. Like, if you're looking for a floor, these are not your plays. Like, but if you're looking for guys who can give you some, some like, wide receiver two numbers, potentially, that they definitely fall, they both fall into that conversation. Anybody else funky that you have in uh, in your wide receiver rankings, like up in your top 36? I've got Keelan Cole up there against the Giants. The Giants are better paced the pass, but they were the worst against the pass last year. Um, so I think if you're going to play Keelan Cole, this is the week to do it. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's really tough because... We don't know if they're going to have Janoris Jenkins uh, shadow him because if Janoris Jenkins shadows Keelan Cole, you don't want to play him because Jenkins was really good before getting hurt last year. I mean, the Giants defense as a whole, they just gave up on the season. Like, I've never seen a team give up the way that they did last year. It was like apparent. They just like stopped playing for their coach. Um, but one player that I, I definitely would say that I usually don't feel great about, but I feel like you should play him this week is someone that plays actually on uh, tomorrow night, Nelson Aguilar. He is the number one option, like clear cut in that offense with Alshon Jeffrey out. We don't know, like Sheldon Gibson, he's the one who's going to play as the number three receiver. I love Shelton Gibson, man. The issue is this, is that Shelton Gibson is 5'11", and they're going to ask him to play on the perimeter, like, because Nelson Aguilar is the slot receiver there, and then Mike Wallace is on the other side. So they're going to ask him to essentially be the field stretcher, and can Nick Foles constantly get the ball down the field? He hasn't been able to do much this uh, preseason, so... I think Gibson is like the, the the perfect like tournament play. Like if you're just looking for a guy to toss into a tournament lineup that'll be lower owned, I think he's that guy. Yeah, he's like free basically. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at with Gibson. But I wouldn't feel like I wouldn't want to start him in season long or anything. But Nelson Aguilar should, and even under Nick Foles last year, uh, he started seeing like bigger target share. He's going to match up with Brian Poole in the slot, which is their worst cornerback. So he's not playing against Trufant or um, Robert Alford. So. I like Nelson Aguilar this week more than I typically would, and I feel like he's like one of the safest plays as a wide receiver three. Foles loves Aguilar, man. So yeah, I agree. I've got him in my top 35 as well. The other guy that really stands out here is Alan Hearns, just because I don't think Michael Gallup is especially ready to be the number one option in Dallas. So it is Hearns. I don't know how long that's going to last, but like I said, I've got Dak in my top 10. He's going to pass to someone. Hearns is going to get a lot of it. I like Hearns this week. Um, he's actually is a top, I think I'm going to put him in my top 36. Um, but he, like, just looking at the, like, he's going to face Dante Jackson a majority of the time in coverage. So looking at Carolina's defense, 
you uh, I, you had to like break it down to see do they use shadow coverage? James Bradbury is a decent. He's a pretty good NFL cornerback, but they weren't using shadow coverage. So that means Dante Jackson is the cornerback that would probably see Alan Hearns most of the time. He's five eleven and one hundred eighty pounds. He's a very small guy. He's fast, but that doesn't necessarily make you a good NFL corner. And I didn't like Dante Jackson in like the 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 scouting process. So I think Hearns should be considered like a high end wide receiver four, maybe low end wide receiver three, who should see. I would say he's going to see a, a minimum of six to seven targets. Okay, yeah, I definitely like Hearns this week. Uh, other guys I've mentioned, you've mentioned actually, tags Anthony Miller is a top forty guy this week. I'm starting him in the flex at Green Bay. Do you have him that high? I don't have him that high because it's like it's like trying to figure out how to put him over certain guys like Kelvin Benjamin or um, Devin Funches, guys that are like. You don't really love them, but they're touchdown. They're, they're like the the red zone target for their team. So it's like who's likely to get a touchdown? And then like looking at the Packers, but the Packers again, their secondary is is very young. They're very inexperienced. Starting a new safety this year. Um, obviously, they're missing two linebackers. So the middle of the field for them is going to be very suspect. So I think Anthony Miller could come onto the scene extremely strong, and it could just be like his week and not Allen Robinson, who's still working his way back from that ACL. But. Uh, Anthony Miller, I think he's a solid play. Again, like if you're in a in a deeper league, like I have a 14-team league and I'm trying to decide between someone like Anthony Miller and John Ross, I think Miller is the safer play because uh, I do think that you're going to get at least, you know, four catches, 40 yards. I, I think that's minimum out of Anthony Miller, but I think the upside is there for like an eight-catch, 80-yard game for him with a potential touchdown. I think that's definitely within the realm of possibilities. So I consider him like a wide receiver four that could give you more than you thought. I've got Calvin Ridley up there, too. Like, a decent flex play, not your best option. I probably won't start him, but if you need a guy, I think Ridley will get the job done this week. Yeah, Ridley is a very interesting one, and uh, I think I talked about on the show uh, yesterday saying that he's matched up with Jalen Mills in week one, and Jalen Mills is not a fast corner at all. He's a, He ran a 4-6-140, and Calvin Ridley is like the type of burner that can beat you down the field. He's also a very polished route runner, so... Um, knowing that Julio Jones will get attention from safeties, Calvin Ridley will have things open up for him. And uh, being this this game is on obviously on prime time, so people might fall in love with Calvin Ridley after the game. I would have Ridley higher, but Julio Jones always eats the Eagles alive, like a hundred plus every time they play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Julio. I have him obviously up as my number three wide receiver play. So I obviously Julio is like a favorite of mine. But I think Ridley's like the contrarian play, where it's like if you want to fade Julio and DFS. Ridley's the play. By the way, Mohamed Sanu is not actually a bad play either. I, I should mention this because Sanu plays out of the slot and people talk about Ridley and like the effect that he's going to have. He plays a different position. And Mohamed Sanu, he's, he plays the slot. He only finished with three catches for 50 yards against the Eagles in the playoffs. But Patrick Robinson was there. Patrick Robinson left in free agency. He went to the Saints. So that means he uh, Sanu is going to be matching up with the rookie, Sidney Jones. They're going to put him in the slot to start the season. They don't know how it's going to work out, but it's his first start in the NFL. Mohamed Sanu is obviously a veteran, and he's been on the team. He knows the offense very well. I think Mohamed Sanu could surprise some people. All right, Tags, anybody else that you're starting or would uh, be willing to consider starting in the flex that you usually want it? Uh, Josh Doxson. Okay. Yeah, oddly enough, because uh, the, the we've already the, we've already heard about the Cardinals and the fact that they don't want to, uh, they're not going to use Patrick Peterson in shadow coverage this year. That's massive for Doxson because he plays the majority of his snaps on the other side of the field, and um, he's six foot three. He has a 41-inch vertical, and he's going to be matched up with five foot eleven Jamar Taylor, who has allowed a 111.4 quarterback rating in his coverage throughout five years. Oh, man. Yeah, Josh Doxon, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's the safest play, but I think that he's an, a high upside wide receiver four play this week. I'm not a huge Doxon guy. Like, I think he can be a player, but... Uh, if they're not going to shadow Peterson, like... Well, that that's the, the holdback against him, right? Is that he's always covered by these guys because he is their number one. If he's covered by a 5'11 guy who gets lit up every time, yeah, give me Josh Doxson. That's how I feel. That's what I'm like. And he can get separation on Jamar Taylor. All right. So uh, a couple guys that I'm fading here. Sterling Shepard. I love Shepard this year, but not against Jackson. Well, I've got him wide receiver 50. I actually have um, him on like the in the wide receiver three conversation. Like I don't feel I don't feel like so great about him where it's like, oh, my God, you have to have him in your lineup. But when you look at it, if he's playing the slot, even if he doesn't do if it, if he doesn't play the slot like 85 percent like he has over the first two years of his career, even if he's in there like 60, 65 percent, he's escaping the coverage of Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. And obviously that's a huge upgrade and, I, and one that. 
I mean, like when you think about the Giants team and how they're going to move the ball this week, how do you how do you see this going? Because Evan Ingram just got out of concussion protocol, so he's finally going to return to practice. So has he been involved much in the game plan? Odell Beckham's going to be matched up with Jalen Ramsey for the entire day. Um, that's never a good thing, obviously. I think Beckham will get his like somehow, some way, but it's still not a great matchup where he's going to blow up or anything. So like when you start looking around at it and you're just like, where's this production going to come from? Is it going to come from Saquon Barkley against the Jags? I, I Running backs. Yep. Jags are not good against pass catching running backs and they get beat down the field. Like if they give up passing yards, it's going to be on a bomb. It's not going to be over the middle of the field with a uh, with a slot guy like Sterling Shepard. Now, granted, they lost their slot corner, but this new guy they've got. Well, DJ Hayden, yeah, they absolutely love him. DJ Hayden is okay. I mean, he played for Detroit last year, and like he was okay. I don't think DJ Hayden is like a guy that you have to be worried about. Now he's going to look better, just as well. I mean, when the quarterback has uh, Campbell breathing down his neck, that makes people look better. Aaron Colvin, like the Jags losing him in free agency, I don't think it was the biggest thing. Cause I don't think Aaron Colvin is going to go on to be like a, a shutdown corner in Houston. Like I don't think that at all. Um, it's just I think they're surrounded by so much talent; it'll make the players look better. But Sterling Shepard is an NFL player, so he's someone that I would consider as a wide receiver three this week. All right, who else are you fading, Tags? Um, you wouldn't play Jordy Nelson against the Rams, would you? I don't want to do that. And honestly, I don't want to play Sammy Watkins this week either. <laughs> yeah, I've got Sammy Watkins pretty low as well. Yeah, he's someone like the matchup against the the Chargers is really tough. Obviously, he's going to see the majority of Casey Hayward, I think. Um, Tyreek Hill has um, turned into the target king <laughs> for the Chiefs. So, I mean, I just don't know. I, I think it might take some time with Sammy Watkins, and unfortunately, it's I was hoping it would it would be different, but it just it doesn't seem like Sammy has caught on as fast as the coaches have wanted him to, and that kind of goes back to the LA like not being able to grasp the offense throughout the entire year. That's why he saw seventy targets. So it might just be a process with Watkins. Um, he's going to have some big weeks, but this is not one you don't chase big performances against the Chargers. The only other guy I want to say here is Robbie Anderson. He's going at Detroit. Um, Darius Slay, I would imagine, is going to uh, to shadow him. I don't like to go against Darius Slay, especially when it's uh, a guy that's a fringe starter, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I mean, Robbie Anderson, we don't know about the connection between him and Sam Darnold, so it's really tough for us to say. And as you mentioned, Darius Slay is really freaking good at football. It's not that he's not unbeatable because you can beat Darius Slay at times, but I'm 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 with you on this one. I mean, Robbie Anderson is more of like a an iffy wide receiver four. He's in the category of like Marquise Goodwin this week, where Goodwin's going to see a lot of Xavier Rhodes in coverage, and that's obviously not a great matchup. So that's the category I have for Robbie Anderson, where they're just very iffy wide receiver fours. Yeah, I, I didn't even think to mention Goodwin just because he's kind of a blah guy to me. Like, yeah, he's going to get his targets, but I've got him wide receiver 43. So, yeah, absolutely not a must start. Anyone else that you want to recommend, you know, people rethink starting who they usually would? No, I think we covered the guys that I really wanted to talk about. Um, there's guys down the list. Like, I don't think John, I, John Brown, I don't think, is a great start this week. Some people might be like, oh, I got him off the, I got him off waivers and you guys have talked him up. I don't think John Brown's a great start this week um, against Buffalo. Yeah, I've got him 53. Yeah, I have him down in the 50s as well. I don't like him very much this week. Um, Ryan Grant, not a good option against Cincinnati because he's going to see the most of William Jackson. William Jackson is the best cornerback in the Bengals. So, yeah, Ryan Grant, even though like there's players that will talk up during the offseason, but if they're in bad matchups, you don't want to play them. Ryan Grant's one of those guys this week. Yep, definitely. All right, man, let's move on over to tight end. We just found out that Austin Safarian Jenkins is dealing with a core muscle injury. I was going to recommend playing him because he gets the Giants. Not anymore. He's not in play. Is there anybody who even moves into your top 12? There wasn't any movement. I got O.J. Howard as an option. Uh, David Njoku, Ricky Seals-Jones, Cameron Bray, they're all right there on the fringe. Hopefully you don't have to play one of those guys, but there really is nobody that you can just pick up and play. I might disagree, actually, and I found this when going through the primer, but Nick Vanette, Seahawks tight end. If you guys have been following me since, like, you know, back... I don't know. The end of last year, beginning of this year, I've been talking about Nick Vanette as someone that you should be grabbing in dynasty leagues with Jimmy Graham and Luke Wilson being free agents. And uh, they grabbed Ed Dixon. I wasn't worried about Ed Dixon. So now Ed Dixon is left on the, um, he's not on the active roster. So Nick Vanette is the clear cut number one tight end. He's 6'6, 260 pounds. He uh, was drafted in the third round in 2016. Again, he was playing behind Jimmy Graham and Luke Wilson. So he didn't get much playing time, but he did well when he did play. The Broncos defense allowed 10 tight end one performances last year, which ranked third, which ranked third to only the Giants and the Browns. I mean, they did allow touchdowns in nine of 16 games to tight ends, but that's where we expect Vanette to shine, right? Because Graham and Wilson combined for 14 touchdowns last year. 
So if you're like stuck looking for an option, like as a streamer and you want, I think Nick Vanetta is an awesome play. That's a good one. And Vance McDonald, like I would play him against Cleveland if I knew he was going to be healthy or if I knew he was going to start. Yes, that's the problem. We don't know if he's, we don't even know if he's going to play at this point. I mean, and if, and if, let's be clear though, if Vance McDonald is announced as inactive, uh, Xavier Grimble, their, their number three tight end, he is probably out for this game. So Jesse James becomes like an interesting streaming option against the Browns. I'm not like in love with Jesse James or anything like that, but I think that if you're, if you're pinched at the position, I think you could play him. It's a good call, man. All right. Um, anyone else that you want to mention here? Like, would you play Evan Ingram face Jacksonville? Um, I mean, I don't really, I mean, I don't think you have a choice because if you drafted Evan Ingram, you're, you're, he's probably the only tight end in your roster because we don't draft backup tight ends. So yeah, I I guess I would. Jacksonville was better against tight ends than you would think. Um, so I don't think it's a great matchup Uh, there. I've got, yeah, I've got him tight end 11. So like I'm playing him, but I don't feel good about it. Jack Doyle's a great start. Oh man, is Jack Doyle a good start? Yeah. I've got him in my top four. Yeah. Like I, I mean, he, he killed the Bengals last year and that was obviously with, uh, with, with Jacoby Brissett. So, I mean, I Jack Doyle is the safety blanket there. Uh, Trey Burton is going to be an excellent play, obviously, against Green Bay with the linebacker injuries that they have. Um, even though they were good against tight ends last year, but uh, Morgan Burnett leaving in free agency, that's going to change things a little bit with the safety position. I think Jimmy Graham will be a fine play. I mean, but these are these are all tight ends that people drafted. They're going to play anyways. So, like I said, Nick Vanette is one of my favorite streaming options. And, like, Arizona is not a good matchup for Jordan Reed, but anytime Jordan Reed is healthy, you play the man. Pretty much. That's kind of how I feel about him. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. So, it it's tough, man. Like, tight end is, like, we have to find the snaps because, like, a lot of the second-tier guys that we usually look to stream, we need to know their snap counts. We need to know if George Kittle is, like, a clear-cut starter. Is he playing all the snaps? David Njoku is interesting, very interesting, especially considering that Josh Gordon, we don't know if they're going to limit his playing time. So David Njoku against the Steelers, that could turn out to be a good play. But Morgan Burnett, again, again, the safety there, he's going to probably come down and cover. But Njoku is just – he's a crazy big presence that you don't want to mess with. But – uh yeah, Ben Watson you could look at, I guess. Um, He's a little bit banged up, though, too. Yeah, there's so many players down here that you just don't feel great about. Like, you're just looking at it, and you're just like, Ugh, it's like a bad week to stream tight ends. And that's why Bobby and I had talked about, you know, during draft season to get one of those top 10 or 11 tight ends on your roster, because then you just kind of put them in your lineup. You know they're getting targets. You don't have to worry about much. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph's going to get six, seven touchdowns. He's going to help you those weeks, and the other weeks he doesn't help you. But you know what? That's a better ratio than streamers. So For sure. Um, okay, Tex, I want to close this out by talking about defense and not really talking about them so much as just listing the guys that we consider top 12 options. Obviously, Ravens face Buffalo, Saints against Tampa. Those are gimmies. Like, those are top three. But, you know, behind the Rams, Chargers, Broncos, Vikings, who you start every week, obviously Jacksonville, who I still have number one. Here's a couple teams that I've got. I've got the Giants against Blake Bortles. I know the Giants were dreadful last year. I don't think they're going to be this year, and I know Blake Bortles is dreadful. So um, I've got the Lions against Sam Darnold. Again, it's a home game. I've got the Patriots against the Texans. Yeah, they might give up 25, 30 points, but they're going to you know, pick off the ball one or two times. They're going to get a handful of sacks against this offensive line. So I don't think they're a bad option. And then uh, Buffalo against Joe Flacco. Buffalo was good last year. Um, anybody else that you like here, Tegs? Uh, I think you hit on most of the ones that I would because like we, we we talked about them and they're the defenses that we would have drafted like the Ravens, like the Saints. Those were the favorites. I think the Broncos can be used uh, against Russell Wilson. Again, like I, I'm worried for his safety because he's going to see so much pressure. And it's not to say that they're not going to score some points. It's a good thing he's fast. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, it's not to say they're not going to score some points, Seattle, but you're going to get some points for some um, for definitely for some sacks. You might get some fumble recoveries, things like that. I don't, I don't think I want to play the Bengals because like, again, they're missing Vontae's perfect and if Andrew Luck turns in decent it's tough the Cardinals are going to be a better defense than people think but again against Washington Alex Smith I mean Alex Smith isn't going to throw a turnover that's exactly what I was about to say is that it's just not a very they're not facing a guy that's going to like take a lot of chances there so don't play Houston against New England by the way yeah, the Titans are a decent one, too, uh, because as we talked about, like Miami's going to have to throw the ball. And being they don't have like a, they don't have that number one receiver. Devontae Parker was announced as out. He is not playing. But Kenny Stills tags. No, I know. <laughs> no, Ken, well, Kenny Stills. I mean, he's on the wide receiver three wide receiver four radar. Sure, he's fine. He's a decent start. If you look at the splits with Kenny Stills with and without Devontae Parker in the lineup, they don't change much. And that goes to what I said this offseason is saying that. Kenny Stills is never going to be the guy that sees 130 targets in a season. He's just not that guy. All right, man. That's all for today's show. Uh, Tags, that was a lot of fun, dude. 
That was fun. I love talking about new stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's a blast. I can't wait for this to actually happen. Yeah, no, for sure, because then we're going to be able to come back next week and I'll be able to give you guys um, some, like snap counts and things like that and tell you, you know, like have a better idea of which tight ends are being targeted, which ones are playing snaps, which ones are, you know, they may maybe they play a lot of snaps and they don't get targets, but they're, they're someone to look at in the future. And uh, next week's going to be even better, but I feel like we got a good grasp on this one, man. Sure thing. Okay, so let me remind you all listening at home about a couple things we have going on right now. We've got the signed Todd Gurley throwback Rams jersey from pristineauction.com where you can get some great deals on guaranteed authentic signed items for your man cave. Again, that's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. And if you want to enter the giveaway, it's fantasypros.com slash contest. Also, make sure to upload your team to my playbook. Just check it out. You are going to absolutely fall in love with this thing. And check out our live streams that we have going on. Mine's Thursday afternoon. I think we're doing it at 4.30 Eastern time at youtube.com slash fantasypros. And Tags is on Sunday mornings. Uh, Tags is also doing a Sunday night podcast with Dan Harris. You all remember him if you've been listening for a while. He comes on really funny, great analysis, really good guy. And I'm not going to be able to be there on Sundays, and so Dan is going to uh, to fill in on that Sunday night show every week with Tags. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait to tune in for that. We've also got the offer from NFL Game Pass. If you go to NFL.com slash Fantasy Pros, you'll get a seven-day free trial to NFL Game Pass. And then finally, check out FanDuel's new Survivor Contest. Again, it's free. You can get your share of $250,000 competing against me, but I'm going to beat you. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.